good to see you. I'm Claire Mulman here. And our website is cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International. You can go to our website, you'll find a lot of teaching in different languages that we use here in Europe. That will be a big blessing to you. Okay, today I want to talk to you about authority, about authority structures. Where do we have authority? Where doesn't? Uh, where does our authority not work? Or with whom and so on? And it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot for too much just for today, but it doesn't matter. We'll just start. Okay, um, well, authority, of course, it starts first and foremost with our own lives. We have authority over our own lives. We are the boss of our lives. The Lord did not make us puppets on the string. He gave us a free will, meaning if we choose for him that he will come and, and he will show himself to us. But if we decide to uh, turn away from him, that's how it is. Our will is stronger than God. And our will is even stronger than the devil. And we sometimes think that the devil is just a little bit lower than God, but he is not. No, your will is stronger than the devil. If you don't want him to interfere in your life, you can cast him out and command him to go. Right. So we do have authority over our lives. And that means uh, about what we think about, right? In Colossians 3 verse 2, it says, Paul says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. And somewhere else he mentioned what to think about. Think about things that are holy, that are pure, that are pleasant, that are good, and so on. So you can decide what to think about. And sometimes people say this, tell me, well, I can't help what to think about. Yes, you can. You can make a choice to think on the right things. Maybe speak them out. Speak them out loud. That uh, sometimes helps uh, too. Then we have authority, of course, over our body. You decide what to do with your body, right? If you want to exercise your body or not, if you want to eat too much or not, it's uh, it's up to you. Uh, Paul says about his body, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. And everywhere uh, in, in Romans 12 verse 2 says that our bodies are living sacrifices, meaning they have nothing to tell, nothing to say. Our spirit should be the boss and our body should just obey actually what we want to do and what the spirit of God uh, commands us to do. So we have authority over our lives and that is very important. We do not have authority over other people just just like that over other people's spirits. And actually that started in the garden with Adam and Eve, right? The Lord placed Adam and Eve there and he had a lot of trees in the garden. And in the middle of the garden was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And there was the tree of life. And the Lord says, okay, of all the trees you can freely eat, but there's one tree you cannot eat from. And that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you know what happened? Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and they became sinful uh, the, uh, sin came into the world. That's what Romans says. Paul says that in Romans. And then actually the Lord made his first sacrifice. He clothed them. He killed an animal and he clothed them. And then it's a, then you say, you might say, well, did he never eat of the tree of life? No, they did not because in chapter 322, it says, okay, um, um, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. And therefore the Lord sent him out of the garden and he placed a cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden with a flaming sword. So they had never eaten of the tree of life. 
and the Lord wanted to prevent them to eat from that tree of life. Why? Because in that sinful state, if they would have eaten from that, they would have stayed in that state forever and ever and ever. And their body would deteriorate and they would get sickness or whatever. And they could never, never die. So the Lord, in his graciousness, he prevented them from coming back to the garden and from eating from the tree of life. So we have authority over our own lives. We decide what to do. <clears throat> we decide the friends we have. But other than that, when you have a family, you have authority in your family. And that's actually what I have on my mind and on my heart to share about because our family is our sphere of influence. We do not have influence in everyone's family, right? But in our family, we do. Paul knew that he had his sphere of influence in 2 Corinthians 10. He talks about it in verse 13. <clears throat> he says, we will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially included you. And the Amplifier says, within the limit of our territory or our authority. So Paul was not an apostle to everyone. He could not speak into the lives of everyone. Uh, he was sent to the Gentiles. Uh, Peter was sent to the Jews. He knew what his fear was. He knew the people who wanted uh, to be part of, of his, of, of him, of his ministry, and so on. So he knew his fear, and he knew his limit of his fear. So uh, your sphere is your family, and especially when you are a mom and a dad, and you have children who still live in the home, they are within your authority. Uh, when you go to Genesis 18, verse 19, uh, talking about Abraham, the Lord says, I have known him in order that he may command or direct his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord. So children need direction. You need to direct them to the Lord. In Deuteronomy, that's a difficult word for me. Okay, chapter 6, verse 2, it says, uh, You may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you and you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. Verse 8, you shall teach them diligently to, to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk, when you lie down, when you raise up. Wow, that's a lot of responsibility. And we know that it's important because when our children are under our, in, under our roof, we have the authority um, to keep them and to protect them. And But we oftentimes do not realize that there are also angels sent to our homes and they are there also to protect our home, to protect our children. But sometimes we lay down that authority, right? As parents, we do. We've made mistakes in the past and you learn from mistakes, right? And how do we lay our authority down? For instance, when you let your kids watch certain TV programs or something on the internet nowadays, you know, maybe sex before marriage or foul language or violence, violence or rebellion. And then someday your kids act like, wow, what happened here? They are rebellious. They speak back to me. What happened? Well, you must have probably allowed something into your home and they influenced your children. And there can be a demonic influence where Satan can have an inroad in your family. Let's say, uh, how does it work? Well, let's say you have you, you have a, a boy, a son, and he has a very he has a friend. He lives somewhere in a, somewhere, and he wants to invite his friend. And actually, his friend came over a couple of times to your home, and that friend likes it in your home because there's peace and there's joy, and he doesn't want to be at home because there is abuse and there is uh, that they or whatever they do, it's not a happy uh, influence there. And that child can't help it because he is under his parents' authority. 
So he wants to come to your home and you think, yeah, but when that kid comes and, you know, those demons that are in that home, in his home, because his parents allow it, they probably follow that boy too and they want to come into our home. What do I do? Because you love that boy and you want him to have peace and have a good, uh, yeah, good time with you and with your child. Well, you can pray and say, Father, we love this boy and we want him to uh, invite him into our home. But Satan, you're the demons that they are, you're the demons. You are not allowed to stay out of our home, out of the door. And they will do because you have the authority in your home. And the boy can be there and have peace. Uh, maybe your family, uh, maybe you have a family that's oftentimes brothers and sisters who are older that when you come together, there's always a kind of fight and backbiting, and it's the in the, the the sphere is not very nice. Well, before you go there, you can together you can pray and say, Father, uh, we take authority over every evil spirit that is there, and we command our peace. We pray that our peace will dominate the influence in their home, and the Lord will do that. So amazing. Even if, when you have teenage, I know it's very difficult when you have teenagers and they want to go out. And many times we've heard from uh, from Christian parents that they said, you know, my uh, my teenage daughter, she has friends from school and they want to go out, go to bars and be, uh, come home late, 12, 2 o'clock, whatever. What should I do? I saying, well, don't do that. Don't allow your child to go somewhere where there is a wrong influence. I said, no. But I can't stop them and then they become rebellious and they threaten me that they want to leave the home. Okay, what is more important? Just stick with what you believe. So explain to your child why you do not allow the child to go there. But when they do, sometimes I've heard even people say, uh, good meaning Christians, but uh, not very wise. They say, well, I'll just let them go. And so they can experience how it is in the world. Then they can see the darkness there. And then they can really choose if they want that or if they want the Lord. And then I think, really, if you do that, you will lose your child for now. And that, yeah, that happens actually. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, bad company corrupts good character. Wow. Amazing. What else is your field? Well, your field can be your work. There where you work or where the Lord sends you. How many times does it does it not happen that people come to you when you work somewhere and they talk about what's going on in their lives and you listen and maybe you can help them, but you can pray for them and you can set the tone at your work or wherever you are. You know the story, uh, one a big example is from Paul when he was uh, in a ship and he was a prisoner in Acts 27 and he knew by revelation the Lord told him that the ship would be lost and the lives and so on. What did Paul do? I am sure that he prayed because it says actually in verse 27 that an angel appeared to Paul and says, do not fear Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And God has granted you all those that sail with you. He granted you. He gave them to you. So why did uh, did the Lord do that? Because I, I'm sure that Paul prayed. He was the less on that ship, but he had spiritual authority over the ship and over the, the plans of the devil. So maybe you are the only Christian at your work or in your family or at school. And God will tell you things so you can pray. Maybe you have a dream about someone. Pray before it. Pray so that um, pray and, and and ask the Lord to protect that person. Um, what else can I say? <clears throat> and one example, and then I uh, that's enough for today. An example, a glow. Maybe you know that I was part of the glow meeting, a glow group many many years ago, 
And there was another global group that started near where we lived at the time. And there was like a couple of four or five uh, uh, women. And one of them was chosen to be the leader in a globe. They called it the president. And we all knew that she was really the appointed one. She had a heart for the Lord and the Lord really appointed her to be the leader of that group or, or the president, as they say. But there was one lady in that group and she actually wanted that position. And she was always opposing the leader and always uh, trying to make it hard to her. And at a certain point, she came to me and she asked, what can I do? I'm so tired. I know the Lord sent me here. He wanted me to do this and to lead this group and to lead the Aglow Aglow group. But I always feel like I have to defend my position. I just want peace. I just want the Lord to be able to do what he wants to do through me and through Aglow. So I explained to you are the authority over there. And I know that we do not wrestle against blood uh, and flesh, flesh and blood, but demons influence people. And I think she's influenced by some uh, demonic, you know, some demonic influence there. And you can, in your own home, when you are at home, you can rebuke that, uh, rebuke that spirit that's influencing that lady and command it to go and just see what happened. And she did. And maybe a week later, two weeks later, that lady that was always opposing her came to her and she brought it in a very spiritual way. She said, you know what? The Lord is leading me on. There's another opportunity for me to serve. So I'm very sorry. I have to leave your group. Well, she was actually relieved because it was exactly what she hoped for. So that spirit was not allowed there anymore. And that lady still wanted the spirit, obviously. So she had to leave and, and, and go with that spirit. Okay, so, well, there's so much to tell about authority, but I hope that you understand that you have authority over your life. And then when you are a mom and a dad and in your family, you do have authority. You, uh, you can say no to your kids. Sometimes you have to step up, even when your kids are a little bit older, but they still live under your roof. It's different when they move out and when they have their own lives. You do not have authority over their lives or over their family. When you see stuff, you can pray for them. And prayer is very important to do that. But you cannot command them to do certain things when they have their own life and their own family. I hope that makes sense. You can always email me, cwowi.eu. Um, uh, that's it for today. Hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.